Welcome to the John Glenn College of Public Affairs Policy Brief, webcast series of informed conversations with policymakers and influencers and public sector professionals. My name is Trevor Brown. I'm Dean of the Glenn College and proud to be your host. For the last several iterations of Policy Brief, we really focused on COVID and its impact on the public sector. Had a lot of conversations with people at the state and local level. But um, not that COVID has diminished by any means. Uh, it's still obviously highly, highly prevalent, but there are so many other things going on in the world and in the public policy sphere, not the least of which is an impending presidential transition. So for the next several episodes, we wanna turn our attention to the federal government and look at what's happening on the federal scene. Uh, and starting today with a good friend of Ohio State University and the Glenn College, Tom Wheeler. Tom uh, was, uh, had a distinguished career in telecommunications on the private sector side, um, largely in the lobbying sphere, and ultimately became the chairman of the Federal Communications Commission, uh, perhaps best known for that uh, during the Obama administration in the second term. Um, but prior to that, uh, Tom has served on the transition uh, team that helped Obama come into office. So he has a lot of experience in this period uh, of transition. And so even though we could talk a lot about exciting telecommunications issues, given his experience uh, on the FCC, we're going to devote this conversation to talk about the, the presidential transition. So Tom, thanks for joining me today. Hello, Trevor. It's great to be with you. So let's just start by sort of setting the context here and talking about why is this transition period so important? We've spent so much time anguishing over the election. It feels like, can't we, can't we take a deep breath and uh, get a little break? And then it'll all be taken care of on January 20th. You know, Biden just gives his two-week notice to the prior job he had and says, hey, I'm here to show up and, and, and do the work. Why is this transition so critical? Well, you know, it isn't quite that smooth on January 20th um, because, uh, you know, this is a this is um, the new president of the United States getting on to a moving train um, and none of uh, the things that the federal government is required to deal with have stopped. None of the challenges um, hit pause while they say, well, wait a minute, there's, you know, there's a new guy in town. Let's just slow things down. No, the, the, the day after the swearing in, the afternoon of the swearing in, there are decisions that have to be made and the preparation and the staff work um, that lead up to those decisions are uh, the essential output of the transition effort. You know, the, the one that gets all the headlines is, well, who's going to get this job or who's going to get that job, which is a decision that, that, that the transition team makes. But the real work is that, I don't say that to denigrate the other work, but the, <laughs> the, the, uh, the, but, but the, the work that gets less noticed is essentially staffing the first hundred days of the administration. What are the issues that are gonna be coming up? What does the president-elect need to know? What do the new cabinet secretaries and other officials need to know? Um, and, and to do all the necessary staff work because they're gonna move into a government that, uh, which a lot of people have just left. And so 
they need that kind of work done ahead of time. So you, you, you sort of put this in two boxes and I wanna take each in turn here. Part of it's the people and then the part of it is the policies during that first 100 days. But let's, let's start with the people. Uh, we hear a lot during this transitionary period, as you pointed out about the team, the people that he will pull together um, and identify as cabinet secretaries, et cetera. Just paint that picture. You, you were on the, a, a transition team. What, is, what, what constitutes the team? Who, is it just the cabinet secretaries or is the focus in staffing this first 100 days, how deep does it go in terms of political appointees? Well, it's interesting. When you start the transition team, there are no cabinet secretaries. There is, no, there is nobody. So, so uh, literally for the Obama-Biden transition, um, we started the effort in August wow. in the hopes that there would be a November right. uh, win yep. Yep. so that the day after the election, um, we were able to move into the, uh, into the agencies and, and really roll up our sleeves and would be informed and ourselves wouldn't have to come up to speed. So, so we broke the, there, there, were, there were six of us um, in the policy group um, that broke the federal government down um, into six bite-sized bite -size chunks. Uh, I was responsible, for instance, for all the agencies that had anything to do with science, technology, space, and the arts. Um, and, um, and so we put together teams um, in August to focus on each of the agencies inside that broad group. Um, and, and the job pre-election was to learn as much as you could about the agency from public information. What are the issues? What are the budget? Who are the people? You know, all of this kind of thing. Yep. So that um, on uh, the day after the election, you'd be ready to, to, uh, to walk in. There was an equivalent group that was overworking on the people side of the equation, and um, and and we were we we cross pollinated uh, uh, obviously, um, and then as um, as the appointees would be made known, they would come over and sit down with us on the policy side of the house, and work through. Um, uh, the kind of issues that were going to be on their desk when they showed up so that they were up to speed and they were prepared for the, um, for the uh, confirmation hearings where they will be asked about those kind of questions. Yeah. So was there a playbook for this in August? You know, did you just pull out a manual or how did you guys figure out how to organize into those two, those two teams? Um, there was a playbook, um, and, uh, you know, we were, we were fortunate in our transition. John Podesta was the head of our transition. He had been through a previous, uh, transition. Um, some of my colleagues on this group that I was on had been through previous transitions. So yes, I mean, there, not everybody was a rookie and they, and, and there was yeah. a playbook. So, you know, I'm, I'm interested, so many of our graduates go on to be in the civil service, uh, and so much of the transition is about the political appointees that are going to have to navigate confirmation. 
when do conversations start between political appointees and career civil servants? Is that something that happens January 20th or not until this the, day, that, well, the day after the day after the transition? Typically, we this this time around, we didn't have um, that ability, but typically um, the day after the election, um, you uh, you walk into the agency or you're able to walk into the agency. I mean, when I was chairman of the FCC, um, uh, obviously we had the 2016 um, uh, election and uh, we prepared for the day after the election and the if there was going to be a new a new team for that team to come in we had we had office space for them we had um uh, briefing books uh for them all of which had been done um in advance in anticipation uh of uh of the need for it um and um uh, and so the discussion with the career staff begins immediately or should begin immediately after the election so let's let's talk about that. To share some experience there. So in twenty, and let's let's describe this as what perhaps a normal transition would look like. Um, it's twenty sixteen. Um, Biden or uh, we we have a Trump victory. What what had you prepared? What 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 does it literally look like to have that? You said office space and materials. Um, expand on that a little bit. What what goes into well, the preparation? There were we were expecting there would be they're called the landing team because they land at the agency and then you know scope things out. Uh, we were expecting there would be a landing team uh, that would show up uh, the day after the um, uh, election. Uh, uh, let me be, I need to re rephrase that. We in a typical context we would be expecting that the fact that uh, Donald Trump had um, had disbanded his uh, transition efforts, left us kind of wondering as to what it would be uh, and, and if anybody would show up and when they would show up, but we were still prepared for it. Um, and uh, as I say, had had physical office space for them. And then each of the bureaus had, you know, big, thick briefing books on what are the uh, the pending issues um, uh, that uh, that the new administration would have to worry about? And then obviously we we were prepared to make available whatever staff was necessary to help the landing team come up to speed. So, you know that that's a remarkable amount of preparation that has to go in to make the the transition as as seamless as possible. In, in normal circumstances, what would your expectation be for the level of interest that the president or president-elect would take in both the people and the policies? How much attention is given by the, the, the president to these issues? Or is it that layer down of, of folks who are going to be appointed as cabinet secretaries? Well, there's a hierarchy of needs like, like with anything else. Um, uh, yeah, but at the same point in time, um, the... Um, the big guy makes the final decision right. on big questions. Um, you know, so for instance, one of the things, so, so uh, uh, the FCC was one of the agencies that I had responsibility for um, during the Obama transition. One of the issues at the FCC was that about six weeks after 
he was sworn in, we were going to throw the switch and the analog television broadcasting system would be shut down. And the next minute, a digital television system stood up um, and, um, and that, were, that required new receivers um, and uh, moving antennas for, for TV stations and things like this. And, um, and, and as we studied it during the transition, we came to the conclusion that we weren't ready. The government wasn't ready for this. But this was a major decision. This was only every broadcaster and every TV set in America. And, um, and so um, uh, we developed and I took to the president-elect um, the recommendation that um, we needed to delay this so that we could do more work on it. But that required that legislation had to be passed by Congress because it was Congress who had set the date for the transition. And so before the inauguration took place, we were up in Congress working with the appropriate committees of Congress to pass legislation that would extend that transition date. And as a matter of fact, the second piece of legislation that Barack Obama signed right after he signed the Lily Ledbetter Act uh, was the extension of the digital television um, uh, transition. So that was an issue that went up to the big guys uh, for, for a decision. Most administrative decisions during the transition don't reach that level. Um, and, uh, uh, and, and get worked out at a, at a, at a senior staff level. So you're, you're walking us into the area I want to go next, which is around policy. But before we do that, I just want to talk to so you had to navigate the confirmation process. Um, and, and so at the same time, as you say, you're, you're walking onto a moving train and trying to figure out how to manage a team and identify policy priorities. First, you've got to navigate a pretty complicated political environment. So how much of that transition period is, is, is getting ready for agency life and how much of it is getting ready to navigate the confirmation process? Um, they're, they're both major activities. You know, as, as the nominees become known, then they pair up with the subject matter experts on the transition team. And, um, and we've got briefing books for them, we had briefing books for them, and then we would hold murder boards, you know, where um, where you know a, a cabinet secretary would sit in front of several of us, and we would pretend that we were senators and pepper him with questions that he would have to uh, that he should be expecting uh, in the in the confirmation hearing. So, on the transition, you know, you described your portfolio earlier. Um, of the science agencies and, and the arts and telecommunications, et cetera. Any surprises in that confirmation process? Anything come up that you didn't expect? Or did all that preparation, the murder boards, et cetera, make that go pretty smooth for the team that you all put together? Yeah, that process was um, was was pretty smooth because I mean it was a it, it was a you know it's a logical stepwise process of it. Learn the issues, pick the people, help the people get up to speed. You know, there was it was a stepwise process. 
I mean, the interesting about- thing was 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 the things that you had to deal with that you never imagined. Um, uh, you know, yeah, give me some examples. One of the so the Commerce Department was uh, one of the agencies under my group, um, and inside the Commerce Department is NOAA, uh, the National Oceanar- Oceanographic uh, uh, and and Atmospheric Administration, and um, and they had an agreement that with the Navy that they had worked out about where the Navy could test depth charges and do, do depth charge training. Um, and, and it was a specific environmental issue because that area also had happened at certain times of the year to be a breeding ground for migrating whales. So one day I discover suddenly I have to deal with whales, which wasn't exactly what I thought was in the tech portfolio when you first got it. Um, and uh, and so you you know you, you you staff up that issue. You get into that. You 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 learn what the what the pros and the cons are, and you staff up to make a a, a recommendation. Um, because the day after the inauguration, somebody's going to have to have a whale answer. Yep. Okay. So let's start talking policy. And you said one of the critical jobs, and it was sort of your portfolio on the policy side, is to staff that first hundred days. And part of that's the people, part of it's the policy. So first off, just hundreds a nice round number. But why? Why a hundred? Why is that such a critical period? Why isn't it ninety? Why isn't it one hundred and eighty? Oh, I think it could be. I, you know, I mean, they, 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 it wasn't, nobody ever said that. Oh no, this is, this is going to be a hundred, a day, 105. You know, we can't, right. no, it's just, it, it's just, what are the issues that you, that, that, that are going to be confronting you and you confronting you when you walk in the door? Um, and, and how do you get out long enough? You know, you go, what are the issues for the sur- first six months? you're probably extending yourself too far into what somebody yep. else's job should be, right? Okay. So during that 100 days, so presumably, as you said, you're describing, you're learning as much as you can about whales and depth charges and all sorts of other things that you never know you knew you needed to know stuff about. Um, what, how do you start to sort out what the priorities are? How do you decide as, you know, like when you came on at the FCC, um, albeit later in the term, how, how do you decide, oh, I'm going to go pitch this to the to the president or office management budget, whoever it might be, and say this is a priority for us and in my agency, and we got to move forward on this. Well, I mean, I think there are multiple tests that 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 that, that you go through. One is obviously um, what has the president elect said during the campaign. <laughs> Um, what has he said in speeches, what have his position papers said, and that kind of forms the bedrock. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you know, Trevor, um, the, the devil's in the details. And so yeah. then you go to the next step, which is how do you deal with some of the details that get raised uh, in, that, in that process? Um, and, um, and, and the... The, 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 the great thing is that the team that is assembled, I mean, this is not their first rodeo. Yeah. I mean, it, for, for instance, with the, with the Biden transition going on right now, 
um, uh, the members of the Biden FCC transition team were uh, uh, is one a former commissioner, um, and then all of the others are former members of my staff. Mm-hmm. So they, uh, you know, these are not things that they are unfamiliar with. But I would imagine, so I appreciate you said, you, you go back to what the candidate focused on as, as priorities and, and thinking about the time we're in right now, there's so many priorities. So sort of lay those out for us and how would you, how would you navigate those, those big presidential priorities to get your issue sort of front and center? You know, that's what makes this transition truly different. Um, you know, the, the, the other thing that happens the day that, that the, the transition opens is that, um, is that the, everybody walks in the door saying, oh, I've just got one issue I want to talk to you about here. Oh, this, I just got this one thing. And, um, and uh, the environment we're existing in right now um, prioritizes the ability to deal with things like that because we're facing a series of existential crises. And, um, you know, go back to the, the Obama transition. Um, everything that we did during that transition was seen through the prism of what's the impact on recovering from the recession, the Great Recession. Yep. And, um, and, and we thought, oh my golly, and there's never been a transition like this that focuses so much on one issue, sees everything through one prism. Well, the Biden transition has five such existential issues. Lay, lay them out. They, that they? they've got to deal with. They got, obviously the pandemic, yep. the economy, social justice, climate change, and the fact that for the last four years, the government, which is essential for solving these other four, has been hollowed out and confidence in the government has been lost. And so you've got to, th- this transition has a, has, a, has a burden like none other. Yeah. And so the challenge becomes, how do you develop, how do you prioritize policies that don't just rifle shot one or two of those, but are reflected across dealing with all of them because they all are interrelated. And, um, and, uh, but that's a, that is a different kind of a situation than most transitions have to face. So advice, tips, tricks, how, if you're a, a new cabinet secretary uh, and, and you, you want to get your issue up front and center, how, how do you frame it in terms of those five existential challenges? Well, I'll give you an example again, uh, back, with, back to the single challenge that I faced. You know, when, I, when we went to the president-elect uh, Obama uh, to say we needed to extend the digital television transition, I presented it in terms of if we don't get something like this right, which touches every American, how can we ever hope that they will have any faith in our ability to do things to make the economy recover? Yeah. 
And so, so everything you do targets those issues. I, today, I would think, you know, so for instance, broadband policy, you know, the, 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 the president-elect Biden has spoke during the campaign about the importance of connecting everybody. And during the pandemic, the, uh, the importance of high-speed broadband connectivity has been proven to be an essential service it affects the pandemic, it affects the economy, it affects social justice, it affects climate change. Okay, how do you put together, there, there is a topic that is universal in scope, affects all the five existential issues. How do you package that up? So what do you do inside the economic component? What do you do inside the pandemic component? And how do you bridge all those together into one, one package? Uh, and that's the challenge uh, that they're facing and dealing with right now. Crazy, crazy complicated. So we're we're coming to the end of this conversation, and I want to just ask you to give us some advice and guidance as informed but um, but uninformed observers, in the sense that we don't have your level of experience and expertise. What what should the average person who's watching the transition be looking to to see? Oh, this is going well, or Oh, that's a warning sign that that something's not going well during this transitionary period. Well, we got off to a bad start. Let's let's start there. You know, there's the transition is seventy seven days, um, and uh, um, never in my life did seventy seven days go so fast or take so long. You know, <laughs> um, and um, and and we lost. 20% of those by all this fooling around and not allowing there to the, the transition to begin discussion, have discussions. We're still in a situation where the defense intelligence agencies haven't been allowed to discuss things with the transition. So, uh, so, so what, what should you expect? First, we got off to a bad start. Second, however, is the team that is there um, that, that the Biden administration has put together are, this is not their first rodeo. Mm -hmm. They are seasoned uh, policy people and seasoned managers. Um, and, you know, we always, everybody always thinks in terms of um, uh, the, 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 the political activities. Yes, obviously government is politics driven but it's a management job yeah. and you need people in these roles who have made management decisions and have management experience. So I think we're, I think we're in good grounds uh, in, in that regard. Um, and uh, the proof of the pudding is in the eating. I mean, if, if there is um, something that slips between the cracks um, starting on, on uh, that becomes obvious on January 21st, you can blame the transition for that. I mean, you know, it's it take, we took, look at what's going on with COVID right now. I mean, all of the effort that is going into how are you going to be fulfilling and disseminating uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, the, not only the, the, the PPE, but also, um, the inoculations, uh, for the immunization. Um, how are you going to provide leadership about what Americans should expecting of themselves and each other? Um, that's happening now. 
And, um, and unfortunately, like most, most things in government, um, you don't really notice the failures until it's too late. Um, and, uh, but, but I'm optimistic with this, with this crew that, uh, that we're not going to wake up and go, Oh my God, why didn't we think about that? Um, and, and, you know, I will keep this from being political, but I can tell you that, uh, that in the areas of, of, of technology policy that I've dealt with for the last four years since leaving office, there were massive areas that did not get taken care of because there wasn't really a Trump transition, um, and uh, and that put the company, the country, at a at a disadvantage and at risk. So let's finish there, Tom. Thanks for giving us some insight into this super complicated but super critically important process. I appreciate you spending some time with us and sharing your wisdom. I want you to stay safe and healthy. Thank you, Trevor, and go Bucks.